This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Welcome back, everybody. Buffalo Bills Football Monday, and there's more to the read. It's brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. I had the pleasure of hanging out with Sal on Saturday night. Happier times, Sal. Yeah, for sure. Today was a today was a tough day, you know, for everybody to kind of just think back what happened, reflect on the season, and um, you know, just kind of sit with the fact that it's over. That's the thing that always strikes me is how abruptly it ends, right? I mean, we we've had seasons, of course. We were very used to knowing the season would end by Thanksgiving, basically, and what date that would be, and prepare for it. Um, last few years, specifically last two, I think, to end albeit in very different fashions to end so abruptly with such high expectations. Uh, it's just, it's tough to deal with. And I say that as someone who's embedded with the team and broadcasting games, I say that as someone who's connected to the fans and connected to the players and, you know, has the, the pulse, I think of a lot of people who um, really just kind of, you know, so much of their, their, their daily lives and routine is their passion for the Buffalo Bills. Well, Sal, you've had, I'm sure, a very busy day. Um, Lots of players talking, Sean McDermott talking, and that that can make the game feel even farther away (laughs) than than, than it really is. I mean, we're still not even 24 hours removed from this game ending. Um, Or maybe we're right about there, actually. what, what, what do you mean? I, it was over at three fifteen. How did how how did you how did you sort of put together or have you yet put together like what happened? Because I started today. I mean, you know, each each day that we talk about it and and you know discuss what changes may be made, get you further away from feeling stunned. But we started today at three o'clock, and I told Mike, I'm still kind of, I'm stunned. I just I I, yeah. I, I I knew they could lose, but not like that I, I just didn't see that coming at all that was the most that was the really the, the most stunning part I guess right just to lose like that the only time I remember them recently having a game like that losing like that was the Colts you go back to the Saints game maybe in 2017 but really last two years that's it the Colts game and then this game where they were just manhandled and controlled from start to finish didn't matter 
I mean, just the opening kickoff through the end of the end of the game, opening drive to the end, and everything. We're like, what happened? I yeah, I, I've been thinking about that, but and I, I, honestly, though, Bulldog, I think that it was pretty easy for me to just get to. They just got manhandled. They got bullied. They got out physicaled. They got out coached. They got out played. In a lot of ways, that's easier to accept than what happened last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that you know when you get beaten by a better team, it doesn't mean that if they played 10 times, the Bills wouldn't beat them a handful of times. They probably would. But just that game yesterday, I, I don't think it's necessarily representative of who the Bills are, but I do think it shows some flaws and weaknesses and who they need to be. So, Sal, like, do you feel that the players were – I'm actually going to turn this question – a little bit to the side as I go. Were the players okay. blindsided? Were the players stunned? Not all of them, it seems. Some players sounded like they kind of felt that the team was exhausted. And, you know, that can be, as I always say about other things like this, it's a large group of guys. They're going to, there's going to be a range. But that can be you know, sort of a, a workable a, a, an explanation you can listen to yep. when a thing like this happens. But like Eric Wood said, and if you missed Eric, he'll be coming up here later this hour – he said, "I was on the pre. I was on the field for pregame. The energy was there, but you know, oh, you, yeah. you play sports and you get down, and the pressure's on. You know, it can it can look like you're lacking for uh, for energy." Yeah, there's a micro and a macro here. Um, let's take the micro because I think you know when Sean said yesterday at his postgame press conference that you know that they got into a rhythm and that was tough to get that energy back. And then Matt Milano said they didn't have enough energy. And I think that people might equate that to pregame and being prepared. I don't think that's what any of them meant. I think what you said is right, Mike, which is, yeah, they're hyped. They're ready to go. But, man, once they take that ball down the field and you're like, ooh, wait a minute, what just happened? And then they do it again. You're like, oh, my God, it's 14 nothing, And then it just becomes an uphill battle and a climb. Then when you start making mistakes, they start, start compounding and start snowballing on you. No pun intended because of the field yesterday. But it just starts happening. And um, I think that's when you start to lose that energy. But I think that's all part of the macro. And the macro is that's exactly what people said today. Micah Hyde said it, and uh, Roger Saffold said it. I wrote about it, WGR550.com. Both of them used the words, ran out of gas. And Micah said it from the standpoint of somebody watching from the outside, so to speak. He wasn't even playing anymore. He had been playing since week two. And Roger Saffold, I thought, was very poignant. and very. It's very interesting what he said. He specifically said this team needed a break. Like, they, they needed a bye week, essentially. And they were really just trying to fight through the next two weeks to get to it and have that reset before the Super Bowl where they felt everything would be okay. And he specifically pointed to that New England game. He said after that New England game, after everything they went through, and with DeMar and the emotion of it and the schedule and everything just being so overwhelming, that's the word I'm using now, not him, but Mm -hmm. he said like, then they they needed a a break and they couldn't get one because they had to go right back to playing a playoff game, which by the way then makes me think, okay, that does explain a little bit why they also kind of didn't have their A game in the playoff game, right? But he's not speaking for everybody. But I think him saying that speaks a lot. Yeah, I mean, Sal, I I, I said earlier, like a, one, one caller, uh, you know, got in and was like, you know, I don't think we're mad enough. And, you know, made a very impassioned 
plea for, you know, in, in this one caller's opinion, like the things that are wrong and the changes that need to be made. And like, basically it's like, you know, a call to arms. Why aren't people more upset? And I, and I told him speaking for myself, like, I, I can't really get all the way there. Like I'm, I'm here. I have a job to do. I'm engaged in conversations here about what needs to change, if anything, uh, and, and how we ended up here with this disappointing outcome. But I, I asked you on Friday during the roundtable, like, is there any reason to be worried? I, I was still right. worried about it because, um, you, you know, we don't get to choose when we're out of gas. You know what I mean? Like it, right. emotionally, mentally, sometimes it just it just happens like this all took a toll on me and I thought I was here for this. And suddenly I'm not. And certainly getting smacked around like they did early in the game would contribute to it. But. Like, I, I don't have the heart to, like, go full throttle, um, you know, and start setting fires because I feel like, you know, I respected their their mental space, uh, e- you know, even before the Hamlin thing happened, but certainly afterward. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't want it to sound like excuse-making, but neither do I want to, like, you know, ride hard and long on, you know, they let everybody down. Yeah, that's a tough balance, and I agree with you 100%. And I will also, I just want to make it clear, both Roger and Micah Hyde said it's not an excuse. Like, they're not making, they're just they're just telling you the truth. Like, this is what we think happened. This is what I think happened. He's not making an excuse. He's just being honest. And here's where I fall on that, which I agree with you, which is, like, I mean, if you want to think that, if the caller says that, and we're not mad enough, and if that's, you know, how your approach, because you don't want, if you think that it doesn't matter, you got to put that stuff back behind you, then you have every right to think that way. Um, but I, I think one thing we should have learned over this time period of the last month, three weeks, is they're not robots, right? They are human beings with emotion and with lives and personal lives and schedules and feelings. And it's a lot easier for some to quickly turn the page, and it's a lot harder for others to quickly turn the page. So, and, and look, I said this to you guys. And again, it's not about me. I know it can be a lot, but it's not this time. But I will tell you, just from a personal experience, I fly with the team. I'm in the team hotel. I'm at every single practice. I'm at every single game. I am emotionally and physically drained. It is. It has been a – and I do not play football and have to run against 300-pound linemen. Right? I mean, like, it's it, it's it's hard. And I, will, I, I can feel that. I can imagine what they were feeling. And even said – Roger even said – like, the coaches adjusted the schedule to account for it. So everyone knew it. And I'll go back to last week. When he said that, I thought, hey, remember last week? They didn't practice on Wednesday, guys. Wednesday walkthrough, yeah, right. Wednesday walkthrough. Like, this is something that obviously everyone was cognizant of. And going back to your question, maybe it wasn't even as much as it could have been both the mental and the physical, right? It's like, these guys need a break. We just got to lay off them. We got to get them in a better space, lay off their bodies a little bit. So I think going back to yesterday's lack of energy stuff, I think it all compounded and came together. But at the same time, all that being said, they had no answers yesterday. They had no answers as far as coaching and adjustments and execution. Um, And that was also tough to see because they got beaten. They got beaten badly physically by backup offensive linemen and by a defense that's pretty decent but not great. And and that was the concerning part of yesterday that, as Sean McDermott says, and Brandon Bean will say this too when he speaks to us, and he's always said it, the last game of the year, if you lose in the playoffs, kind of tells a story about your season and how you need to approach the offseason. 
perhaps notable that Saffold and Hyde are both nearer the end of their careers than the beginning. You know, you're talking about being exhausted too, yeah. and, and so are we in our own way. Like the older you are, I think different for players and fans, obviously. But the older sure. you are, the more just like maybe despondent or like, oh, is it ever going to be better? And just <laughs> sort of fed up, whatever the exact feeling is for somebody. Sal Capaccio on the Wester Hotline. Bulldog didn't like it this this afternoon, early this afternoon, when I said I thought the snow was a problem. I, anything on footing or what? I mean, you have a game here with two teams we all thought were pretty evenly matched, and one of them with backups, if you want it, on the offensive line is really in control, if not dominant, on both sides. Is, is it an illusion to think the Bills had a, an issue here that the Bengals didn't have? I, I would say myself, too, part of my point wasn't just this guess about footing, but that like it suits the Bengals more. The Bills are a race car. You know, we're talking about a dome on the new stadium all the time and like how there's not going to be one. I don't know. Do you have a the players won't say it. Would you say it that the weather wasn't exactly conducive to, you know, what the Bills would have wanted? I agree with that. That the weather wasn't conducive to what the Bills would like to do. I also think that the Bills did have some problems with footing. But the issue I have is the other team had to play in it, and they throw the ball all over the place. And they have these receivers they love to get the ball to, and they're not a normally good running team anyway. And so I don't see why they should not have been stopped. And I don't see why they should have had... The, so, yes, I do think that it was an issue at times. We we talked about it on the broadcast. I'll give you an example. I think Naeem Hines was like going kind of slower than normal when he got a kickoff. He was... Tiptoeing. Being very, yeah, being very purposeful, right? It seemed like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know what the situation was there. If guys felt that they had to go and change cleats later or something like that. But I also think once the Bengals did get rolling, it was easier for them. And the Bills probably were more cognizant of not making a mistake, not turning the ball over, not giving them, like, you can't end the game here. We got to be careful. And then, you know, that right. that's, you know what I mean? Like, yep. th- thinking in that way, I think you, 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 t- you kind of, Play a little more conservative in your own way. Not even talking coaching here, where you say, "Okay, I can't make a mistake here. This is this is getting a little out of hand. Give my give my team a chance. So let me not try to do something I shouldn't do." Yeah, and I think you know the the point you make about how the Bengals throw the ball a lot. I'm thinking, well, I've got these plays in my mind where the Bills' secondary is way back, and a lot of what yeah. they did was short. But that could be related to it also. You know, and I don't mean right. that as an excuse, but if you're worried about getting torched because it's slippery and we always hear about it's easier on the receivers, then you're going to play that a little bit more conservatively, which is, again, I mean, what for whatever reason, Sal, that's, again, a story here coming out of the year. Yeah, there was a first there was a play in the first quarter where I believe Tredavious White did slip in his back pedal and he allowed a catch. And then you get to that third and four. <coughs> Excuse me. And he's playing six yards off and they get an easy first down. So yeah, I, I think that might've been it. And yeah, I, I, I didn't love the game plan yesterday by the defense, uh, but you know, it's so hard to defend those weapons. You might want to just pick your poison. You could say, go up and play man to man. You know, and those guys can just beat you anyway, because they're so good. I, I just would have liked to have seen a little more disruption at the line of scrimmage. What, what bothered yeah. me was everything was so easy off the line of scrimmage. It just, yep. they ran three yards and turned around. Joe, if, if no one knew the stats, if you don't know the stats, people out there might think Joe Burrow threw for 350 yards, 315. He threw for like 230 because even though he was great at throwing the ball, they just dumped it down left and right. I mean, that's all they needed to do because they were open everywhere. Right. And then they really didn't need to keep going. 
you know, right. as the game wore on, right? I mean, they, you know, I, I said yesterday, if the Bills had been able to keep up offensively, Burrow could have thrown thrown for 480, the way, the way they yeah. were moving the ball so effortlessly right. with the way the Bills were playing. Yeah, I, I didn't – earlier when Mike brought it up, I don't dispute that they, 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 they might have had trouble with footing, but – Part of my my big problem was like I don't want to hear that because their plan was flawed. I mean, here's a team with with a makeshift offensive line getting the ball out in two two and a half seconds, mm-hmm. and like my pass rush is not going to get there even if Von Miller is playing out of his mind. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I need to disrupt the timing of this thing and see if that works. And the Bills just never got to that, and that. Man, that blows my mind, Sal. Like, I, I'm I'm pretty, I think you know, I think a lot of our audience knows, like, I'm slow to get to, like, the coordinator's the problem because there's just so much we don't know about what goes into the plan and who's supposed to be doing what and, and et cetera. But, man, that plan on defense, I'm ready for a new mind on that side of the ball to sort of supplement, complement what McDermott brings to the table. Uh, Frazier's highly decorated and has done a great job, but it, it's another just – Almost inexplicable plan on defense in a playoff game. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, understood. And um, yesterday's game kind of made me really kind of look at, evaluate, you know, what they're doing personnel-wise. And, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, he comes to mind. He's going to be a free agent. There's 21 scheduled to be unrestricted free agents. He's one of them. <coughs> and um, he, he's a very athletic guy. He's rangy. We know that. He's very polarizing. But I, was, I came away thinking yesterday, like, is it time to just get a thumper in the middle? You have an athletic sideline-to-sideline linebacker, Matt Milano. Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds may be a really good player in his own right, but is it a good pairing, you know, if that makes sense, right? I mean, like, maybe that's maybe they need to invest in that and think about that and say, we have because they, they couldn't stop the run yesterday. And maybe that's why. And we know Tremaine's not the most, like, physical, uh, you know, north-south guy. So... You know, maybe that's something to have to look at when it comes time to thinking about if they want to resign him. And then Ed Oliver was invisible yesterday. Yep. And part of it, part of it was to no fault of his own, he's getting double teamed because there's no Daquan Jones. Losing Daquan Jones was a huge, huge yep. deal for them. He's he's their best run stopping defensive lineman. But without him, it's the same thing. Ed Oliver is much better when he has a a good nose tackle, a good space eater, a good run defender next to him so that he can be the penetrator. He couldn't do that. They just double-teamed him all day. And by the way, the day did not start well for Ed Oliver anyway. I don't know if you guys saw. He literally ran onto the field without his helmet on the first play of the game and, and realized he didn't have his helmet on. Whoa. And then ran off, ran off the field, and Elianku came on and started the game. I didn't know that, but there were 12 men on the field at times yesterday and just some sloppiness all around. I did not know that one. We, we might yeah. – uh have time for that as we go but we're out of time for today what uh is what if do you know about any further media availability coming up glad you asked i just got the alert tomorrow at 3 p.m we will hear from brandon bean okay that might we might end up running that i would think three o'clock okay well if you want to i will be down and i will carry it live for you i will i will be at your service on that tomorrow guys i'll be at the stadium for it we'll discuss it we'll do what we we usually do we'll get all 11 of us in the room together all the managers (laughs) and assistant managers and hosts and producers and discuss it that's what we'll do okay okay guys thanks Sal. there you go that's our sal capaccio on the western hotline his appearance is brought to you by new york's only outlet liquor when you need to stock up it's the place to buy a case what's your outlet the Sabres play tonight in Dallas, pregame at 7.30. Next, we'll have Eric Wood for you. Buffalo Bills football Monday. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, WGR. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 